700 journalists will be out of a job soon after the CBC confirmed it was cutting up to 10% of its workforce due to financial difficulties despite a landmark $100 million deal with Google for the legacy media. Nova Scotia's Volunteer Fire Services is demanding a federal carbon tax exemption as it faces ever more stringent budget constraints. Patients seeking assisted suicide in Canada are mostly privileged white people, according to Trudeau Foundation fellow and medical ethicist Dr. Jocelyn Downey. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, December 5th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Apparently, the lion's share of a $100 million deal with Google isn't enough to keep the CBC afloat as a new report reveals the public broadcaster is expected to announce major layoffs soon. Reports from multiple sources, including Le Journal de Montreal, indicate that 600 to 700 employees across the country could be out of work. CBC has since confirmed the impending cuts. Employees are scheduled to have a virtual meeting with CEO Catherine Tate on Monday to discuss the organization's financial challenges and looming cuts. These anticipated layoffs affecting both English and French services mark a significant reduction in CBC and Radio Canada's workforce with over 300 positions in Quebec on the line. Ottawa recently reached a deal with Google, which promised to pay legacy media $100 million a year. CBC would be the largest beneficiary of C18. The public broadcaster is poised to receive up to a third of this fund as it employs a significant share of journalists within the country. While specifics of CBC's plan to cut jobs remains confidential, it's clear that the layoffs are a significant component of the broadcaster's strategy to trim expenses by $100 million over the next three years. The proposed layoffs represent a significant proportion of the broadcaster's workforce, which stood at 7,960 full-time journalists as of April 1st, 2023. But CBC is not alone in its troubles. The Canadian legacy media industry has been reeling under the impacts of dwindling readership and advertising revenue lost to social media companies for over a decade. Noah, this might come across as a little crass of me to say, but I have zero sympathy for when a legacy media journalist loses their job. And let me try to explain why. The CBC and many other companies in this country are part of an elite media monopoly that unfortunately leans towards protecting the liberals. While they might have at one point in their history served the function of informing people, and I think they still do to some small degree, their overarching direction has been to uphold this establishment, and it has cost them their credibility, and credibility is the most important thing that the media has. 
This extends to every single journalist working for the CBC. Unfortunately, they are complicit in this, and it doesn't take a genius to understand why the CBC can't keep the lights on. They're losing viewers, they talk down to hardworking people, they claim that this country's history and its traditions are racist, and that is simply why nobody trusts them anymore. Nobody cares, nobody's listening, they are broadcasting dead air. This is a company taxpayers subsidized to the tune of $1.24 billion, and not to mention the pandemic support they received on our behalf, and now they're going to benefit from about $33 million every year from Google, if the reports are correct. So what gives? Is there even a future for the CBC, Noah? Despite the CBC's clearly inefficient business model, there will be a future for the CBC so long as the government continues to subsidize it. You know, the government, they have done everything in their power to help the CBC retain their dominant position within the media landscape. They employ about a third of Canada's journalists. As you mentioned before, they receive $1.2 billion in funding every year. And they have concocted uh, this uh, legislation, uh, Bill C-18, uh, to get big uh, big tech companies to pay off the CBC along with other legacy media uh, outlets. And uh, so long as the government is in the CBC's corner, there will be a future for the CBC. Uh, it is a good thing that not all of Canada's major pro uh, parties are pro-CBC. The governing liberals, they are clearly pro-CBC, but the official opposition, the conservatives, um, the leader, Pierre Polyev, he has committed to defunding the CBC, uh, not necessarily Radio Canada, but he has uh, committed to defunding the CBC, and we will have to see whether or not he will follow through on his commitment. But at the end of the day, so long as the government continues to be in the CBC's corner, if, say, for example, Pierre Polyev, if he becomes prime minister, loses his political will and doesn't want to expend political capital on uh, defunding the CBC, then the CBC will linger around for better or more than likely for worse. Nova Scotia's Volunteer Fire Services is demanding a federal carbon tax exemption as it faces ever more stringent budget constraints. The carbon tax added an additional 14 and 17 cents per liter to the price of gas for Nova Scotians in July, with the price of propane and heating oil also increasing. President and Treasurer for the Island and Barrington Passage Volunteer Fire Department, Garnett Sullivan, was perplexed as to why these expenses should be passed on to emergency services. Sullivan's department serves several nearby communities on the mainland, as well as Cape Sable Island. While the kitchen at the fire hall uses heat pumps, the fire truck bays are kept warm using heating oil. Both the municipalities of the District of Barrington and the municipality of the District of Yarmouth have requested a carve-out exemption from the federal carbon pricing for volunteer emergency services. The Trudeau government announced a pause on the federal carbon tax for home oil heating for the next three years in October, an exemption limited to residential properties and not fire halls. The move prompted several other premiers to request a pause for gas and other forms of heating as well. So, Cosman, it looks like the Trudeau government, they gave a pause on home heating oil to sort of reconcile their dwindling support in maritime provinces. But it seems as if their plan was ill-conceived as premiers in other provinces 
and the aforementioned Nova Scotia's uh, Volunteer Fire Services are demanding further exemptions. So do you think that the Trudeau government is going to remain firm on their carve-outs, or do you believe that they're going to have to bend the knee and uh, issue more carve-outs to the carbon tax? You know, at one point, I would have said that the Liberal government would never back down on their carbon tax, but it seems like that's changed. And I think a lot of pressure has been mounting among ordinary people and even within the liberal base to turn over this policy or at least transform it into something different. But this particular story is interesting because it really points to the disastrous effects that the carbon tax has, the unintended consequences so to speak. On the one hand, we have these policies in the name of saving the planet, like the carbon tax, that are making things more expensive. And when that's combined with what some people call the competency crisis that I think is here, but is also going to get worse, we are in some real trouble, folks. There are fewer people today who want to become volunteer firefighters who want to become police officers, electricians, plumbers, etc., you name it. So to compound these effects by rising the carbon tax ever further, this government is digging a hole that I'm not so sure we'll ever get out of. What happens when the fire department can't show up because fuel is too expensive? Your livelihood, and God forbid, your life is on the line. It's bad, real bad. They talk about sustainability, but what about sustaining the services and lives that Canadian people expect from their governments? I guess the Liberal government's response to this would be, oh, well, maybe they should just switch over to electric fire trucks. But first of all, uh, buying new fire trucks, especially electric fire trucks, is very, very expensive. And second of all, it is not necessarily clear that electric fire trucks are going to be as sustainable, as uh, reliable as gasoline-powered fire trucks. For example, in at the city of Edmonton, uh, they ordered a fleet of electric buses that they are currently unable to use because they all broke down and they can't ask for replacement parts because the uh, the, the company that sold them the buses has, has shut down. So it is not exactly clear that these electric vehicles, especially for large vehicles like buses or fi fire trucks, are as uh, sustainable or as reliable as gasoline-powered uh, trucks. And you're putting people's lives at risk when you can't rely on your fire engine to get out to an emergency to save people's lives. Well, you're putting lives at risk. And, you know, this is definitely not the, the intention of the Trudeau government. But at the end of the day, the results of their policies is putting people's lives in harm's way. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Patients seeking assisted suicide in Canada are mostly privileged white people, according to Trudeau Foundation fellow 
and medical ethicist Dr. Jocelyn Downey. Downey, an advocate of expanding assisted suicide or MAID to those who suffer from mental illness, testified before the House of Commons Medical Assistance in Dying Committee on November 21st and asked the government to move forward with its legislation. When questioned by committee vice chair NDP MP Alistair McGregor whether Canada was ready to open up assisted suicide services further when many people struggle to get access to mental health care, Downey said that a barrier to services is not a main driver of people accessing assisted suicide. Downey, a professor emeritus at the Dalhousie University Shulich School of Law, is also a member of the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation and its COVID-19 Impact Committee. After former Justice Minister David Lametti announced a pause on legislation expanding access to assisted suicide for the mentally ill last year, Downey was among several experts to argue that a delay was unnecessary. In an article published by Impact Ethics, Downey took issue with a dissenting report presented by the Conservatives to the committee, arguing against the expansion and particularly the report's attacks on the governing liberals. Downey's article read, With the release of the dissenting report, something has changed. What is noteworthy about the dissenting report is not the introduction of any new evidence or arguments or even its conclusions. Rather, what is noteworthy, indeed startling, is the extent of which it is a partisan diatribe filled with hyperbolic rhetoric. She argued, "When you're answering back to your to your constituents, is to be able to tell them that that these are not the drivers of MAID. People who are getting MAID are actually very, very privileged. They're they're white. They're they're well off. They're highly educated. They're not in institutions. They have families. So the picture of it is is one of privilege." So if you watch this clip, which I posted on my ex account of this interaction in committee you will see the staffers behind NDP MP McGregor reacting. And I think a lot of people can sympathize with those reactions. I would say they looked bewildered and shocked. Now, I'm sure Dr. Downey's assertions are backed up with fact here, but I think the shocking part is the cavalier attitude behind her advocacy to expand assisted suicide to the mentally ill. And I mean, it's not a surprise to anybody, I think, that she's affiliated with the Trudeau Foundation and has taken issue with the conservative attacks against the liberals. I would say that assisted suicide is a central tenant to the capital L liberal worldview, especially pertaining to beliefs around individualism, and you especially see this manifest in some of the extinctionist narratives promoted by the environmental faction of the liberals. Noah, what do you make of these comments? Because to me, they come across as callous, cold, and misanthropic in a way. That's a good way of describing her comments. I mean, I don't know why she thought uh, she would be able to rally support behind Maid by suggesting that one segment of the Canadian population is more likely to uh, seek MAID and that that might be a good thing. The fact of the matter is that people who are struggling with mental illness, 
should not be offered uh, medical assistance in dying. Uh, they should be offered treatment and to suggest to these people who are dealing with mental illness, whether that be depression, uh, severe anxiety, schizophrenia, that they ought to uh, seek out MAID. Uh, it, it is quite frankly wrong. And when Minister Lametti decided to pause the implementation of MAID legislation, that was at least an olive branch to uh, those Canadians who were concerned with the direction that uh, Canada's MAID program would go. But uh, Downey's re uh, reaction uh, to the pause that, you know, it was unnecessary and that it needs to be pushed forward by any means necessary uh, just goes to show that these people don't necessarily care about human life. Uh, they just care about their ideological position. They believe that you should have maximal bodily autonomy. Uh, and, you know, the way they define bodily autonomy uh, is a bit weird because they don't necessarily believe that you should have bodily autonomy when it comes to taking certain vaccines. But nevertheless, uh, they, their position is that you should have maximal bodily autonomy. And that means the right to commit suicide, but as a society of the rule of law, as a, as a sane society, or at least a society that aspires to be a sane society, uh, we shouldn't be, uh, we shouldn't allow uh, physici physicians to, I mean, quite frankly, kill those who are mentally ill and who don't have the proper mental uh, uh, faculties to make a decision on whether or not they should uh, be killing themselves or not. And I think by extension, it's not only physicians, it's the fact that it's the government giving permission for people to endeavor down the course of assisted suicide. It's very troubling indeed. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, Tune in to the Candace Malcolm Show at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.